Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Housekeeping with Elk and Meerkat. I'm Meerkat. And I'm Elk. And this week's episode is titled Poison. Poison. Pretty on the nose there. Yeah. They didn't get too creative with this one. We just gave it gave it away right in the beginning. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, that's that's pretty much <laughs> there it. There it is. It was poisoned. Um, quick content warning, which is going to confuse Elk because he doesn't know where this is going to go. I will very briefly talk about terrorism. Right. <laughs> and he's giving me this look of how are we going to get there because it has nothing to do with the episode. It just has to do with some of the medical stuff I'm going to talk about or some of the poisons I'm going to talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. terrorism okay sounds good to me okay so the breakdown of uh this episode is house and his team have to act fast when a high school student is admitted with a mysterious and lethal poisoning oh they gave it away right there too especially when they discover more teens have been diagnosed with the same deadly illness dun, dun, dun. they say teens it's only one other teen well but when we find out how this all happened there's probably more there's got to be more you went, Dozen, maybe millions. they just bought off the like top layer. I don't know. We'll get into it. Sure. We'll talk about it. Okay. In this episode, we've got some actors and actresses. D- yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Go on. We have John Patrick Amadori as Matt Davis. He is the primary patient for this one. Um, he plays Gabe Mitchell on the show Dear White People. Never watched it. Never heard of it. Uh, Pete on the Vatican tapes, which we have seen. Yes. It's been a while. I couldn't tell you what it's been a while. they're about. Probably demon possession. That that just sounds right to me. Right. Um, he is the 13-year-old version of Evan on Butterfly Effect, which is where oh. I recognized him from. Interesting. Um, Dash Snyder on The Good Doctor. What kind of, who names these people? Come on. Dash Snyder. Dash Snyder. Uh, and, uh, he was on the, uh, The Last Stand as Agent Mitchell, which is a movie that came out not too long ago. I was about to say, that sounds familiar. That's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger as, like, a small town sheriff or something like that. That's every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie I've ever seen. Kindergarten Cop, isn't that pretty much the plot? Sure. (laughs) Small town, but instead of, you know, he's in a, he's, he's in a school. And then uh, he plays Hostage Boy on the movie Unbreakable. Of course. His cool. biggest role to date. Hostage Boy. Sounds like a superhero name. Not a really good one. <laughs> it's kind of a really bad <laughs> one, actually. Not the best superpower to have. Um, moving on, we have Roxanne Hart as Margot Davis, the patient's mother. I uh, hate her. Well, we're going to talk a lot about her because Oh, yikes. my gosh. Uh, she was Brenda Wyatt on Highlander. The original Highlander movie in the 80s. Uh, Nurse Camille Shutt on the show Chicago Hope. Okay. Uh, Lily Devalos on the show Medium. And she's had a lot of other TV roles and some movie roles. Um, Just like one-off type of stuff? Yeah, I didn't really recognize her. I've I've seen Highlander, but it's been a really long time. I don't think I've seen any of those. I don't watch medical shows, so uh, I haven't seen Chicago (laughs) Hope. Right. Do we have anything about... um, medical stuff that maybe we should tell the audience like the fact that we're not doctors and you shouldn't listen to anything that we say because we have no idea what we're doing and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice no i don't think that's it oh well we'll throw that in there too okay yeah we might as well just 
that's that's a good idea. Right. Uh, we have Shirley Knight as Georgia Adams, who is the one and only clinic patient of this episode. Uh, she plays Beverly on As Good As It Gets. She plays Mom on Paul Blart, Mall Cop 1 and 2. So I'm assuming that she's that, but... Mama Blart. And I want to know if you recognized her. Okay. Did you? I Go on. You're not going to feel good. What? She plays B on Grandma's Boy. Yeah. Why didn't you say you recognized her? <laughs> well, I don't know. That's one of my favorite movies. I, just... I know. I, I assumed you would recognize yeah. her because she's yeah. she's in there. She's not super important, but she's in yeah, enough she scenes is. to yeah. recognize her. No, I adore her. Like, I, she's a great actress, and I think she does an amazing job in this episode. Yeah. It was a really... I She does great in Grandma's Boy, too, obviously, but, like... She's just so good at these types of roles. Yeah, these just kind of that fun... make you make you feel awkward, but like also she's, she's having, just a fun she's person. having a damn good time. Yeah, but yeah, she's had a lot of other TV and movie roles, but those were the the highlights. Highly recommend Grandma's Boy. I am not a comedy person, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time that that's I could just watch on repeat forever. That's so. a good funny movie. Yeah. Um, we have Kurt Fuller as Mark Adams, the clinic patient's son. Fucking hate him. He's the worst. <laughs> yeah, he's, he really is. He's so bad. Didn't you say he's pretty much the worst in like yes. other roles? Um, he's had a ton of roles, and he's almost always some type of villain. Just a douchebag. Yeah, he's he's just got that face and mannerisms that yeah. make you really want to punch him. He seems like the the douchey lawyer type. Douchey lawyer type, or like school administrator that you yeah. really don't like. Um, he. Was on Ghostbusters 2 as Hardemeyer. Never seen either of them. Uh, Russell on Wayne's World. Haven't seen it. Um, he played the role of Zachariah on Supernatural. Who, Don't he, watch it. He's an angel, and you'd think, oh, angels are good guys. No, he's the worst. He's terrible. I'm really waiting for people to slide into our Instagram DMs and be like, how come Meerkat has never watched anything? <laughs> <laughs> I just... I just don't watch stuff. Gotta get you to watch Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. They're both Fine. very good. Um, he's got way too many roles to go through. He's a very recognizable character actor. So um, he's like one of those people where you're like, I know him, but no one knows what his actual name is. They're just like, oh, he's that guy. Yeah, he was in this and did yeah. that thing. Yeah. Um, moving on from there, we have Andy Milder as the school bus driver. Um. <laughs> He, I definitely recognized him from stuff. Uh, Being but, obnoxious isn't a symptom either, so you're yeah. in the clear. <laughs> when I went through all of his uh, roles, though, I was like, I've watched literally all of those, and I couldn't pick out like who he was in any of them. Um, he was on Transformers, Armageddon, Apollo 13. He's on the TV show Lucifer. He was on an episode of the rebooted Roseanne, um, Parks and Rec, like... He's he's another character actor who's been in a lot of stuff, yeah. but weirdly, I was like, I know him, but I but, cannot pick out where I know him yeah, from. Yeah, it doesn't pop up in your brain like, oh, yep, that's he's him. Just, maybe he's just like subliminal. <laughs> you see him all the time, but you don't really recognize that you see him, and then he just pops up later in your nightmares. Right. Cool. Uh, we have McNally Sagal or Sagal. I'm going to go with Sagal. As Mrs. Miller, who is the school teacher in the beginning of the oh, episode. Okay. I was like, who the hell is that? She also had a role on Lucifer. There's a lot of crossovers on this. A lot of people had roles on similar TV shows. Nice. Um, 
you didn't watch early enough in this show to see her, but she plays Margaret Murphy on Sons of Anarchy. No, I only watched the last four episodes of yeah. you. She uh, cried. She had a long, long stint on it, like four seasons. She's a hospital administrator who was uh, like an enemy and then later a friend of Tara, who's uh, Jax's girlfriend, fiance, wife, mm-hmm. and then ex-wife. Her, her like mannerisms in this episode, I mean, that's that's all I know her from, remind me of, what is her damn name? Uh, Snowpiercer, the like main lady it's been too long since i've seen that one oh my god i'm gonna i'll look it up hold on go ahead and look i cannot think of her name i love her so much too she also plays dr taylor on boy meets world and she too was on chicago hope so again we got some everything's connected everything is connected uh let's see um i'm gonna butcher these because i'm so bad at this but uh jim lau as chu young ling who is the father of the second high school uh, patient. Tilda Swinton. I could not get oh, there. Yeah, a little bit. Just I can kind of see it. Yeah. The way she carries herself a little bit, especially in that, in like the Snowpiercer role. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, Jim Lau was on the TV show SWAT as Uncle Lang. He played Patrick Tran on Fear the Walking Dead, which I've watched that show. I, I don't know how much of a role Patrick had on it, but... I need to watch back Didn't through make it. make an impression. Yeah, not a big one. Uh, he was on Big Trouble in Little China. He played the Prime Minister on the movie No Escape. That was the one, like, a couple years ago with Owen Wilson about his, like, family getting trapped in a foreign country in, like, an embassy, and they have to get out because rebels are attacking it or something. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, sure. Sounds great. Cool. Wow. Um, wow. He's, his... Work goes back a long ways. He's been in a lot of TV and film roles. He even did some voiceover work for the game Red Dead Redemption 2. Nice. You can bond with your horse. max (laughs) bonding level with a horse. I don't know about any of you, but our Xbox, you know, when you aren't active for a while. idle. Yeah, it'll pop up the little side screen. We don't play Red Dead Redemption, but it always, every time, pops up saying, there's an achievement. You should uh, reach your max max bonding bonding level level with with your horse. horse. And I'm wondering, Every time. there's a little heart on it, and I'm like, what do I have to do with my horse to maximum bond? I, I think of it like an avatar when they take their braid and like mix it with a horse's mane. Which is weird because that's together. also how they have like sex. So We're not talking about that, Elliot. Okay, rough sex. Moving on. Uh, we <laughs> got have, it in there. <laughs> we have Linda Wang as Jen Ling, who's the mother of the, the second patient. Um, she's had a lot of TV and film roles too. I didn't really recognize her at See, all. I she looked familiar to me. She did. Yeah. Um, the only thing uh, that I saw on her page that I have seen is the movie Serenity, um, not yeah. the like weird video game one that came out, but the movie that's attached to the Firefly mm-hmm. franchise. Right. Um, she played a Chinese snake dancer. What a role! What role of a lifetime, really. Um, next we have Ulysses Lee, who is Chi-Ling, the actual second high schooler who gets poisoned. Yes. Um, he plays, uh, it's, uh, Sam Nong, Sam Nong on Girl Next Door. It's the one with Alicia Cuthbert yep. and Emily Hirsch, or Emile Hirsch. Also um, a fantastic. That's a good movie. Yes. Uh, and then he is a chess club geek on Community. 
yep. the Modern Warfare episode. Uh, he has a very brief role in it, but in the beginning when they have the chess club trying to bait them out, um, and it shows like three of them waiting out in the hallway ready to shoot him, he's the one in the middle. So, Cool. So he plays middle chess club geek on Community. And then um, the last one, I it's weird because I, I feel like she would have been on more, but... Um, Kenya D. Williamson as uh, a nurse who helps chase out whenever he's wiring yep. Matt's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, she's had some TV roles, but I didn't nothing that I've I've watched. She so. is dropped head gorgeous. Yeah. Like, can she be in more things? She should be because wow. Yes, and Chase had an opportunity and he blew it. Well, he was a little busy. <laughs> well, I guess. I mean, patient's gonna die sometimes, but. That's not... Okay. So what do we... uh, Let's get into stuff. Let's get into the plot here. Okay. Matt and his classmates are taking an AP calculus exam. Ew. Yeah. Uh, One student tries to get answers from another by texting them, and the the teacher hears her flip phone close, so she comes to take it from her. I pointed out she wouldn't take it from her. She'd boot her from the fucking exam. Yeah. Like if she even thought someone was cheating, you would just right? get booted out. Because this was a, like, she's not their real teacher, right? Like, this is a... Um, she's just administrating a pro- she's the a exam. She's a proctor, yeah. right? And they have escorts even to go to the bathroom and stuff. So, obviously, this is kind of like an SAT type of situation or, you know, like AP class test. They're yeah. a big deal. And she gave her the phone. Like, she knows she has the phone. Yeah. I agree. She would have just booted her. Like, Anyways, uh, it doesn't matter because it's all just a distraction. Yep. Um, we see Matt start sweating, and he is uh, showing he's got some abdominal pain, so he has to go to the bunk room, which he meant the bathroom, but he says bunk room. Um, his vision starts to go sideways. He can't walk straight, and it shows that he, from his perspective, he doesn't understand what people are actually saying to him. Like, the words are just mixing up in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, so he eventually collapses. Uh I want to point out, too, there's a second student in this scene, the one with the pink hair, who the first girl is getting answers from. Mm-hmm. She looks so damn familiar. and Couldn't find anything? I couldn't find anything because she's not even listed as a person on this episode. Like, Interesting. I searched everywhere, and I could not find what her name was. If I could find her name, I could probably place her, right. but I couldn't find it. So Maybe somebody will tell us. Yeah. If you know it, please let us know, because that one's going to drive me nuts. Um, so we jump to the hospital. Foreman presents the case to House. Uh, the patient is, uh, presenting with nausea, disorientation, and severe bradycardia, which House makes a joke and says, well, I mean, that's how calculus presents, uh, which sounds about right to me. I liked calculus a lot. I would have liked it if our teacher had done a better job teaching it. Mm. He mostly just wrote stuff on the board and he's like, okay. Figure it out. And then he'd write the next, like, piece of figuring out the equation and be like yeah okay and be like, no not okay why why did we <laughs> we're not okay <laughs> not only how did we get here but why did we want to get here I, he never explained that oh. so calculus was bad for me i prefer trig yeah trig's good too uh house is curious why foreman wants to take the case and um house really just thinks okay the kid's on drugs um so he says give him some charcoal and naloxone um foreman however finds the case interesting since uh Matt's talk screen was clear, and that in turn intrigues House because Foreman doesn't seem to actually care about the patient. 
but instead he's just like intrigued, which is a very house thing uh, to do. He doesn't actually care about the patient themselves, but which more is the case. Pretty much the main theme of this episode is comparing Foreman to house. Yeah. Um, so he decides to take it because Foreman's interested. So we jump into the differential. Um, the three main symptoms are gastroenteritis, bradycardia, and quote-unquote whacked out. Yes. Uh, do you have anything about those? Um, yeah, sure. Bradycardia is just slow heart rate. So that's mostly defined as 60 beats per minute or less. So your normal heart rate for like a, a young adult, an adult, um, is going to be 60 to 100 mm-hmm. beats per minute. So when you drop below that. But that's not an all-the-time thing because, like, when you're asleep, it's gonna um, dip down it can go bit. down. Yeah. And, I mean, some sources say even into the 30s and 40s while you're asleep. I That seems really low to me, but I don't know what I'm talking about. So, you know. But, yeah, it just means a slow heart rate. Okay. And then, I guess, gastroenteritis is just oh, stomach um, pain? or Yeah, so that's going to be technically an infection, um, but I, I think that's used more broadly to just kind of encompass stomach issues. So like diarrhea, nausea, um, possibly vomiting, like cramping, you know, that abdominal pain. Yeah. I, I think technically it's an infection, but I don't think they've run any tests like to show that yet. Yeah. I, and I don't it doesn't really so come either. back up. So I think they're just kind of using it as like, yo, is stomach Catch all terms. Something's yeah. wrong here. And a uh, whacked out is the... I assume they're talking about the disorientation and then also the dysphagia, which is where he's mixing up words. And, yeah, it's and a medical term. Um, yeah, for sure. You, you probably never heard of it. Uh, uh, well, I'm not a doctor. So, <laughs> um, so Cameron suggests shigellosis, but uh, Foreman points out that doesn't account for the bradycardia. Uh, Chase suggests viral myocarditis, but that doesn't account for the whacked out. Um, House still thinks it's drugs, but since his test was clean, Cameron suggests, well, maybe they messed up the test. That happens. They do that a lot in this. They're just like, oh, we don't like it. Well, maybe someone messed up the test. Yeah. I mean, it's always something that you have to have in the back of your mind, but they do definitely jump to it more than frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chase suggests it might've been a drug that they didn't test for, uh, which I guess, I guess that means that they don't just take your blood and, and run it and then see what's in there. They're actually looking for something specific. or Yeah, I mean, talk screens generally are going to look at kind of the top things. Mm-hmm. But the one that Chase ends up suggesting is not something they would normally um, just like do on a, on a random test. Chase suggests it might be 1,4-butanediol. Butanidiol? Uh, butan- Butanit? I don't remember how he says butanidiol. it in the episode. Butan- yeah, so that sounds like a an elf name. Butanidiol. It's, it's copy toner, copier toner. Woof. Um, so it's a chemical, and it's also used industrially to make um paint thinner and like floor stripper. So it's a, uh, you know, pretty pretty out there, um, and it's used, so illegally. It can be used, um, or maybe it is legal. I. I kind of went down a rabbit hole with this. I can't decide if it is legal to use this in supplements or if it's illegal because they're replacing something that is illegal with this, but I feel like it's still illegal, but I don't know. Hmm. Anyways, so uh, it's a substitute for um, GBL and GHB. GHB is gamma hydroxyl butyrate, 
which is the date rape drug. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, so that, and I think he brings up, like he says, he says it was yeah, cheaper than GHB. Cheaper in GHB and it's legal. Yeah, and easier to get a hold of. Um, so it's not good, but apparently this is a thing. Um, and side effects can be like breathing problems, which we're not really seeing. I, yeah, we... We I, end up seeing that, but like not right off the bat. Yeah. Um, coma, memory issues, um, confusion, agitation, seizures, and very slow heartbeat. So this does fit. This isn't just a pull it out of a hat. Yeah. So. You know what? These damn kids these days with their huffing copy machine toner and sniffing cat ass and licking frogs. Well, it's really... This was interesting to me, and the reason I kind of went down a rabbit hole with it is... So date rape drugs, obviously, we think of them as used by someone to incapacitate someone else. Yeah. But there's an episode of Intervention where a guy gets high off it. That's his drug. That's his drug of choice. He's addicted to it. And I think he, he also does, like, cocaine and um, <clears throat> drinks a lot with it, too. So, obviously, that's going to change the effects a little bit. But how odd <laughs> to want that. I. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it'd be fun. So, who knows? Yeah. Uh, house likes this answer, so he sends Foreman to check uh, Matt's house <laughs> for a drug stash since, uh, quote-unquote, Foreman would know all the good spots. He has 15 printers with toner in them. Or toner missing. And his mom never questioned it. <laughs> uh, Cameron goes with Foreman to check. Um House also ups uh, Matt's atropine treatment from one milliliter to two milliliters. Yes. Um, and I think maybe he puts them on charcoal also. Is that in the same scene? I don't, I'm going to talk about both of them. So atropine is going to help treat, um, it can treat a few different things. That's actually kind of very useful. So it could be given to decrease saliva before certain surgeries. It also gets used to dilate your pupils. Um but we're seeing it being used to treat poison, basically. Um, and it's very, I think of it kind of like penicillin, right? It's like mm-hmm. pretty widespread. It can help treat a lot of things. It's kind of like that. So, you know, they don't know what specific poison we're looking at. We're just looking at some sort of overdose or poison. So they're going to put them on atropine. Yeah, some um, kind of ingested poison, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also helps with like stomach issues and heart um, rhythm issues. So obviously that's good. And then charcoal gets brought up at some point i thought it was a he, scene, he mentioned not. it a little bit earlier he's like oh it's drugs just give them charcoal okay. and naloxone so um that's right and so naloxone is for like opioid overdose mm. that's what they'll they'll give you for that and then charcoal um can be used to treat poisonings if they were by mouth like if it was injected and ingested, ingested. yeah um so you can like and I've actually tried it before taking activated charcoal capsules before drinking because mm-hmm. um, it'll help like absorb it and then pass it through so you don't get as bad of a hangover and it actually kind of works. Um, don't like do a lot of it because then you'll just shit black forever. But it's which is very concerning. <laughs> so but this has to be used like really quick, like within an hour, because it, once it's in your body, your body's absorbing it. The, yeah, the it's in your stomach. It's, it is, right? it's happening. So it's, yeah, I mean, if they come in and they're just like, ooh, this looks like a poisoning, then yeah, give them some. It's not going to hurt him if yeah. it's not that. And if anything else, it may be some poisons already in his body. Maybe this will absorb anything else that hasn't been absorbed right. or taken um, in yet. Also, just side note, uh, charcoal does not work at all for cyanide poisoning. Interesting. Yeah. 
I'll random, remember that. Random tidbit. I hope I don't get cyanide poisoning. It smells like almonds. It's weird. It's bitter. Oh, that's it. Everything's so... Yeah. Just real odd. Okay, so uh, Chase questions Matt if he took any drugs that morning, but Matt is still whacked out and doesn't know where he is. Um, he doesn't respond to any requests from Chase either. Chase like tries to get him to... Uh, grab his hand or um, something like that. And he's just not responding to any of that. Um, so Matt's moms insists he doesn't take any drugs. <gasps> not my son. No. This he's is a where good she, boy. She starts getting obnoxious and then it just escalates. It just spirals. It's so bad. Um, so Chase says parents are usually wrong about it um, and that it's not a big deal. He says even I got into some trouble when I was Matt's age, but I turned out okay and my mom thinks so too. Um, Margot insists she knows her kid and she says just because you did drugs doesn't mean he did. Um, she reveals that she tests Matt regularly with a home kit by pulling some of his hair off of his brush. But she doesn't want him to know because she trusts him. Yeah, she says she doesn't want him to know about it because I do trust him. I call bullshit. That's yeah, fuck that's that. not how that fucking works. No. She has no reason to think her kid's on drugs. As far as, like, everything she's saying about him is that all he cares about is getting into college and having good applications, and he's a good kid, and he studies, and so why are you, what? Why are you drug testing him? Like, what? <laughs> wow. Uh, so while Chase is questioning her, Matt starts having a, a seizure. What's going on? Is he okay? Again, fuck! Can we just have an episode without a seizure? Yeah. If you want to know more about seizures, I pretty much talk about them every episode, but all I'm going to say is it's too much electrical activity going on in the brain and it can't control it, so you have a seizure. Which I... Listen, I feel like in this one, lot, but... Matt's seizures are like... I don't know if this happens with most seizures, but his are like super violent. Like I said, he looked like he was crumping because he's literally <laughs> bouncing yeah. around and jumping around there's... and I thought it was usually more like... No, there's lots of different types of seizures. Hard twitch. You could not move at all. Yeah, and that's have true. It, yeah, there's tons of different levels. I, I Okay, I don't want to jump to the next level. The yeah, grand. Don't. Um, so while he starts seizing House, just is looking on and he's kind of baffled because I think he's getting an idea that it may not be what he thinks it is. At Matt's home, Cameron and Foreman discuss why House think Matt is a druggie. Uh, Foreman thinks it's because House is an addict too, so he wants to sort of project onto Matt that he too is a druggie. Cameron pushes back and says he only takes his Vicodin because he has to, which Foreman points out is the definition of being an addict. Uh, Cameron asks Foreman if he ever did drugs, uh, which he deflects with a joke, and Cameron points out that that is a very house thing for him to do. Uh, once again, pointing out their similarities. Uh, they don't find any drugs in the house, but they do find homemade, uh, I guess, canned or jarred tomato sauce one of which has the lid popped despite not having been opened, and it's at room temperature. So we're thinking it might be botulism. Botulism. Uh, they suggest it to House, but he declines the diagnosis by immediately eating the tomato sauce that they yes. brought in to test. Um, Matt's seizing isn't a symptom of foodborne toxins, and it's not a symptom of drug use if it happens two hours after admission. So both of those are out. Do you um, have anything? I really like botulism. I like any foodborne illness because that's my background. So um, I was just going to say it's caused by a Clostridium botulinum bacteria. Um, and it would give you like difficulty speaking, 
difficulty breathing, facial facial issues, um, paralysis. So basically, it's just going to go in and attack your nerves. Mm. And that's not good. Das not good. Yeah. Oh, also, um, they gave him diazepam for that suture, which we've also talked about before, but it's just a sedative that can calm down um, anxiety or spasms or seizures. Your nerves. I didn't want somebody to be listening and be like, you skipped something. Yeah, I've... The more we get into is we start seeing, like, when they have seizures, they give them diazepam or atropine or something like that. Or if they start, if they're awake and they start panicking and stuff, we're going to give them Haldol. Like, they use kind of the same stuff in most of these scenarios. Yeah. Um, An aside. Just a thing. Uh, Cameron suggests it might be pesticide, oh my God, pesticide poisoning. Ding, ding. That's the right answer. Nine minutes in. And once again, Cameron gets it right. We need to start a tally. Mm-hmm. We said that last time. We need to start a tally. Maybe by the end of the season, we'll be like, all right, at the end of the first bracket. Go back and, and add them up. But yeah, yeah, nine minutes in, which made research for me really weird. <laughs> like, okay, we're done. Um, she says it could be carbamates, organophosphates, organochlorines. The list is long. Yeah. You want me to talk about this? Yeah, Okay. Please. So I'm just kind of going to go into what these are and then also how they work as a pesticide, how they attack the body, which is also going to be how they attack the human body in most cases. So carbamates are generally like sprays or they could be kind of a bait trap and it's going to get into the nervous system in the brain and affect that and kill them that way. Organophosphates are a type of pesticide. Um, And they're going to damage enzymes in the body (laughs) called... um, You can do it. uh, Acetylcholinesterase. Acetylcholinesterase. That sounds right. Sure, it's an enzyme. Um, I was really not looking forward to that one. So that enzyme controls your, your nerves talking to each other and signaling stuff in your body. Okay. So obviously that getting damaged and getting destroyed is not good because now you're signaling the wrong parts or your signals are getting crossed or not getting to the right thing at all. Um, Relationship status is complicated. (laughs) Yes. So um, there are about 3 million poisonings from organophosphates every year. That's a lot. Yeah. And about 200,000 of those end up in death. Cool. Glad we sell this stuff. Real nice. Well, let's get into my horror corner. Yeah, please And a little bit of terrorism. There we go. This is where it's coming in. (laughs) There we go. So, organophosphates being used as a terrorist chemical is pretty rare, but it does happen. So this is why when we get into Foreman saying that his old boss or old teacher developed treatments for the army, Mm -hmm. it's because the army needs this shit in case there's a terrorist attack with it that's where that ties in because i when you first watch the episode it's kind of like why did he need to do this for the army like for the military that that's kind of weird it's very specific yeah that's why so um sarin which is organophosphate sarin gas poison sure i have heard of sarin gas that's true okay um has been used twice in terrorist attacks in japan um Mm. Organophosphate nerve agents have been used for assassination um, 
there's two of them that I found. So one of them was just an attempt um, for a Russian spy in 2018. So they used an organic phosphate, um, organophosphate to try to kill a Russian spy. Mm. But then also in 2017, um, Kim Jong-nam, which is a half-brother of the current North Korean leader. leader. Dictator. Mm-hmm. We're going to be nice. Don't get a hold of this, North Korea. Um, he was killed using nerve agents of organophosphates. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is a thing. I mean, those are in 2017 and 2018. Also, that's kind of a big thing. Like, yeah. assassinating people in North Korea is not um, something to just do willy-nilly. Yeah. Especially Shit. the family of the dictator. <laughs> Yeah, that could so that, uh, cause some problems. Yeah, so that is a very real thing. And that's how we're tying in terrorism. Welcome to my horror corner. Okay, now that makes more sense. Yes. Okay. Um, okay, and then organochlorines. So these are, of course, another pesticide type, and they're going to cause more like neurological and endocrine damage. And then they can also, your central nervous system, depending on what type, there's obviously, of course, different types of organochlorines, right, and organophosphates, they could either stimulate the central nervous system to a point where, like, it can't keep up and you're going to end up with seizures and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Or depress it to where it just stops working. Okay. So it has a couple different mechanisms of action. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of them that they would need to go through. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> um, they don't know if it's inhaled or absorbed. They think it's too soon to be able to tell. Um, but they go ahead and decide to wash Matt to get any residual poison off his skin, which they are correct in this case, because he did yes. absorb it through his skin. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, there's there's going to be different, and we'll talk about it, I think, also. Um, if you absorb it, it's going to present one way, whereas if you inhale it, we talked about that a little bit with tularemia, yeah. right? If you inhale it, it'll show up in different parts faster at yeah least, you'll have respiratory to, symptoms exactly. pretty quickly yeah um i just I, this scene whenever they're actually watching him i just laughed because it's like we're <laughs> watching a renaissance painting yeah. happening like jesus christ being washed in I, a shower or something i don't know i was gonna mention so they never say that these kids are in comas yeah um and they never say if it's like medically induced or anything, I don't think it is. Um, I think it's just because their heartbeat is so slow, right? And then they do put them on like pads and stuff to beat their hearts for them. And they eventually for them. intubate both of them too. Yes. Um, but we did talk last episode about the three different types of comas. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's really hard to say which one this is because they don't show them just laying there a lot. So we don't know if they have moments where they're kind of awake or where they squeeze a hand in response or yeah. if they're just completely out in an actual coma. So. And initially when, when Chase was talking to Matt, like Matt did respond. Mm -hmm. He just didn't, didn't respond in any way that, yeah, yeah. that made sense. So. so they are in a type of coma. Yeah. We're just, I can't say for sure. Oh, it's this, this so we're not medical professionals. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, so House sees clinic patient Georgia, Georgia, whose her. only complaint is that she feels really good, <laughs> which her asshole dickhead son says is a waste of time. <laughs> I'm going to be harsh on him this entire time. Um, she recognizes that at 82, she should be sort of slowing down um, just in general, but she finds herself just super energetic and very interested in sex. Her fuckwad son, Mark, continues to be a sarcastic dickweed, 
and essentially says, oh, it's all my fault and, like, I don't have a life, when Georgia says that uh, the reason she started feeling this or around when she started feeling this was because she watched what she thought was Gone with the Wind, but the DVDs got mixed up and it was some kind of Ashton Kutcher movie. Ah, Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher, which another connection to Matt because Matt played the younger version of Ashton Kutcher's character in Butterfly Effect. Yeah. There it is. Everything's connected. Um, so because of her like symptoms, her personality changes, uh, House decides he wants to admit her for test. Right, which is so annoying. Cause, so the son is like, why are you doing that? She's fine. Um, she has completely changed. She went from like, as she says, playing canasta with the old ladies. I love canasta. I do too. Or a hand and foot or whatever you want to call it. There's a million different I names. I like card games. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she went from doing that to all this energy, wanting to be up and around, doing all this stuff. Like Wanting to fuck. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Why, why would you not be concerned? It's so obnoxious. Because he's a fuck face. Oh, uh, fine. Uh, Chase administers a drug to Matt called Pralidoxime. Um, mom complains, it's been over an hour. What's happening? There's no change. Respect the drip, lady. Fuck. <laughs> like, we've been treating him for an hour. Why isn't he better? Well, shit takes time, okay? Yes. If he's been poisoned, it's going to take a while, all right? Do you want me to talk about pralidoxy? Yes, please. Um, so it is a organophosphate poisoning treatment. Um, so there's different you know, drugs that are better, whether it's an organophosphate or an organochlorine, Mm -hmm. that type of stuff. So this is for organophosphates and pretty much it is going to bind to the poison and that's going to make the boy, the poison, the 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 poison poison for Cusco. The poison back in town. I can't believe you haven't made a joke about that yet. Um, There's plenty of opportunities. (laughs) It's going to bind to the poison and then that makes the poison unbind from wherever it got to in your body. Yeah. And then it's going to neutralize it and go ahead and flush it out. And we also have um, sodium chloride IV, which is what's stripping in those bags. Yeah. I, I just wanted to bring it up because they show that bag nine million times. Oh, I'm going to um, point it out every time they it's, do. It's just fluids, right? So yeah. if you go to the hospital, you're probably on fluids. And That's just regular like saline. Yeah. Right? So this is going to treat fluid loss. It's going to help with the sodium chloride balance. Um, in your body and electrolytes and if like if you can't take fluids by mouth so like once they're you know intubated and in comas and stuff obviously they're not getting fluids um, mm-hmm. by just like drinking so it's going to help with that and then also we'll see them injecting stuff into the bags yeah to drip in so it's used to dilute other medications because with a lot of these you know for varying reasons with these i would assume um it's because like they're so strong you're not just gonna shove it in their arm and like inject this stuff right yeah you you need it to get diluted and flow through the body um and flow through easily so you're gonna put it in this and then let it do its thing with the sodium chloride gotcha okay uh mom thinks that maybe they're wrong about the diagnosis but chase says the blood work suck it yeah Chase says the blood work was pretty conclusive. Um, as he's saying this, Matt crashes, and they have to hook him up to, I guess, an external fibrillator to pump his heart for him. Yeah, it's basically just going to keep shocking him in a rhythm 
to keep his heart going. Yeah, keep his heartbeat above 60. So this is frustrating. This is something that comes up a lot. They keep on coming across treatments that end up being, in at least Matt's mom's eyes, wrong. This is the right treatment for him. It just doesn't work. Like, it ends up being an organophosphate. They just, it doesn't work because this is a more generic cover all organophosphates one. It's It's not not, as targeted. Yeah. Because they did the you know, the labs and the blood work and stuff to figure out, okay, it's an organophosphate. This is the treatment for an organophosphate poisoning. And it's frustrating because because this one ends up being, quote unquote, the wrong treatment, she gets it in her head that she knows best and ends up being the worst through the rest of the episode. One high school biology course. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Margot says uh, she can't wait anymore to find answers. And Chase says they need to. You can't rush treatment. But mom insists that's just not how she does things. She's not a wait-and-see kind of person. She immediately states that she might be looking for a second opinion, and if something bad happens, she wants to know what her options are. I hate how she's going about this. The way she says it, at first I thought she was literally saying, like, I want to know if I need to pull the plug. I think it was more her talking about, I need to know what my options are for finding other treatments or other doctors or something. I guess. I definitely took it the way you did at first, Yeah, And I get it. I'm very controlling. I'm very type A. I also want to know what's going on and what comes next. But I also understand that sometimes that's just not how that show works. Yeah. Especially with medicine. So I I just don't like her reaction to anything. Yeah. Same. Um, So Chase goes and tells the team the medicine isn't working and that they might need to wire Matt's heart to keep it pumping for him. Um, Cameron thinks they may be wrong about pesticide, but Foreman says he ran the plasma again twice. So I'm guessing that's what you need to confirm some kind of pesticide. Yeah, they're trying to look at the blood, see what's in there that shouldn't be. Gotcha. Um, so this is where Foreman brings up that one of his Columbia professors developed a treatment for the army that's more targeted for each pesticide, but they would need to know exactly what poisoned him to get the appropriate hydrolase. Yes. There's the first time we come up with that word. So hydrolase, hydro, water. Um, so it's a... Lays, delicious chips. (laughs) Water chips. My abs are so sore, don't make me (laughs) laugh that hard. Um, so it's a class of enzyme hydrolases and it's a biochemical catalyst so it's going to use water to break a chemical bond right Mm -hmm. and then that's going to divide a larger molecule into smaller molecules and it works with atropine to make it able to bind and neutralize poison okay and i could not um find anything exactly because i was wondering if maybe it can work with the um prelidoxime as well yeah you know if they're still giving him that because it kind of works the same as atropine a little bit um so I, I couldn't find anything but in my mind that makes sense so it's taking these breaking them down so that they can bind to the the individual like smaller parts and get it flushed out okay so there's going to be different hydrolase overall is an enzyme but Obviously, it's, it's like going to be all term. It's but... going to be engineered differently depending on which poison it is, so gotcha. that we can say, "Oh, here's an N molecule, and we need to, you know, only O can cancel that out." Yeah. So when we say hydrolase, it's not a specific medicine. It's more like saying antibiotic. There's a lot of antibiotics, yeah. but um... and it's very hard to find any information on specific hydrolases. So um, I didn't. I I read so many medical journals 
that are just like not even in English. Um, but that's pretty much what I got for for hydrolase treatments. Okay. That's how they work. So that's all you need to know. And hydrolase is a catch-all term, and there's a specific, specific one. Yeah. Cool. Uh, they wonder about the success rate, but decide whatever the success rate is, it's better More than zero. Than better than what's going on with Matt now. Um, whatever poisoned him has broken his blood-brain barrier. Yes. What that? Who that? So it's a border of endothelial cells, and it's very, very selective in what it lets through. So it's semi-permeable. Not everything can get through, but some stuff can. Um, so it's like an introvert. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so like you want some stuff to get to your brain, right? We need nutrients and we need like certain fluids, but we don't want toxins or certain pathogens or just like too much of anything of stuff yeah. to get in there. Right. So pretty much, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's literally a barrier that let some stuff through some stuff through and not other things but occasionally because like it's never seen this poison right so it's not built to keep that poison out so, so poison it's just was, like hey sure you can come in yeah that poison was like cool. hey uh could we could we you know i just can need we just to take crash a quick here? look at your uh we just want to crash on the couch i'm, I'm an insurance adjuster yeah. i just want to take a quick look and at then it house. got in there and it trashed the place had a huge party Shit and the blood the brain ceiling. barrier was like not again. Shouldn't have done that. Blood brain barrier. You've been hurt before. You can't just let anybody in. You know, you got to be careful. It thought it was ready. About who it... you open up your brain heart to. Cool. Your, your endothelial cells. Right. Yes. Um, so how cells form into go ahead and call the professor and Chase says, oh, well, there's too many organophosphates. Um, so there's going to be a lot of hydrolases to just... Uh, you know, ask, okay, well, can you get them? So House and Foreman both say at the exact same time they should just get every hydrolase that he has on hand, um, and they'll figure out which one, uh, which organophosphate poisoned Matt in the meantime. Again, just demonstrating they're kind of thinking alike. Uh, they decide that they're going to focus on the vegetable garden they saw in the front yard of Matt's house and see if they can't find some kind of pesticide associated with that. Let's go with the most obvious. Uh, real quick, we see Chase wiring Matt's heart so it can keep pumping. Um, they push a wire into his left ventricle. And then they say, they take him off of the pads and say, okay, his native heart rate is now at 36. We need to bump that up. So I guess they increase voltage or something like that or frequency until it gets up to 55. I think they go to the right ventricle, actually. Is it right ventricle? Yeah, because he goes through the superior vena cava. So mm -hmm. that's going to be up at the top. The main thing that you like it goes into right mm -hmm. so then you're in the right atrium because your right and left atrium are the top parts because mm -hmm. it's it's got four chambers right if i take you back to high school Chamber of Commerce, AMP, yeah right? so it's we're in the right atrium and then you've got the tricuspid valve that he goes through and that goes down into the right ventricle because that's the bottom part he had an opportunity here to say i haven't seen tricuspids like this since i and, almost mm. put a joke in my notes <laughs> about it and then i was like I'm not going to. Don't know. You get one shroot buck if you can tell us what that line is from. Yeah. Because I'm not going to tell you. Or at least a Stanley Nickel. At least a Stanley Nickel. Um, and this is where we see Kenya D. Williamson, too. And she's and, just standing there like an angel. And Chase blows it. Yes. 
Also, um, so he tells her to turn off the pads yeah. so that they can see what the native heart rate is. So that's just his heart rate, right, yeah. without anything helping him. Um, and it's down at 36, so obviously that yeah. ain't it. We got we to gotta boost that up to something a little on. better. So, yeah, yeah, they, I think, I don't think they put it back on. I think the wire, like, once they find out what it is, they again like increase voltage or yeah. frequency yeah, yeah. or something to push it up yeah. into that but obviously you wouldn't want to do too much because then you're not just helping the heart pump you can end up hurting yeah. the heart or we're something almost, i don't know if we're throwing in a pacemaker it's kind of what it made me think of yeah they kinda. don't say that but like yeah something along pretty much yeah. works the same so, uh, Wilson reads a love poem written by Georgia for House for everyone to hear. He reads it loud and proud, um, and he gives House her test results. And it's obvious that they've already heard it or read it, because yeah. the people around him are, like, They're giggling and paying laughing. attention, and House is uncomfy. Yes. Um, we jump to Cameron, uh, who's checking Matt's shed for pesticides, and she finds a can of, what says on the side at least, Dysel Photon. Um, as opposed to uh, Dysel Futon, which is just a comfy... It's kind of a couch, but you can fold it out into a bed. Um, <laughs> you good, bro? Yeah. Uh, the can is empty, um, so she's like, oh, he used the whole thing. Um, what What's what's a Dysel Futon? So it's an organophosphate, and the lethal dose... Oh, no. The lethal dose... <laughs> The lethal dose is pretty low. Like, this is um, not a great thing. Is it like five? It's less than five milligrams per kilogram. Damn, I was so close. Yeah. Um, or seven drops for a 70 kilogram person. Um, but you can also just like inhale it or have skin contact. So that would be if if you're trying to poison me and you put some drops in my coffee, then that's how much you would need. But you could also be spraying out in the garden and me walk through a cloud of it or like roll around in it uh, this is a big thing for um animals there's a okay. lot of dogs that end up with poisoning from this because it is a pretty normal really pesticide. Potent. Mm-hmm. potent potable please be careful when you're using pesticides if you have pets inside outside whatever like yeah, just they, come on they make more organic natural ones they make ones that are more pet safe and yes. stuff like that please be so. careful um so Anyways, you it can still be fatal if you just have, like, skin contact or inhalation, right? So you could end up with headaches, weakness, um, nausea, cramps, diarrhea, confusion, um, like, things that we're seeing, right? Yeah. And normally, this is going to cause death by respiratory arrest because your respiratory muscles, so, you're, like, your lungs and stuff, they're just going to be like, nah, can't do it anymore. You're under arrest. Oh, um, boy. I got a million of them. Ha-cha-cha-cha. Great. Um, also, terrifyingly, like, if you... <laughs> um, th- there was a case where somebody came in with poisoning from this, and they had, like, blood in their bronchi- bronchus? Brachiosaurus. Yeah. Um, and also, like, lungs, and then Oof. swelling of the glomerulus which is the nerve endings um at like the end of your kidney tubule yeah it it fucks up a lot of stuff because it's gonna go through that whole path right yeah to get pushed and then depending they don't 
they never found out how much this person had ingested or if it was on purpose or if it was, you know, if it was a suicide attempt or if it, whatever. But it can get pretty severe is what I'm saying. Pretty quick. So not good. So uh, Chase tries to give Matt the hydrolase for it. Um, but mother, I'm just going to call her mother for the rest of this because she's got strong uh, Norma Bates vibes. Um Mother insists there was no pesticide in the can, that Matt dumped it last winter, and that he was spraying orange peel oil um, in order to keep things organic because this garden is specifically for an environmental awareness class. And Chase says, oh, maybe he cheated. Uh, Mom, again, is like, no, not my son, mother. Um and she asks what happens if Chase is wrong. And he says, well, Matt's toxicity would go up. So mom stops him completely from giving Matt the treatment. Um, I will say Chase is like really insistent here that he needs it. But the thing is, if a patient or someone caring for a patient making decisions for him, like if they're a minor, uh, refuses treatment, you can't give it to him. Yeah. I mean, um, he's just trying to change her mind because they do truly yeah. believe it makes sense. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's an organophosphate. We know this is organophosphate poisoning. It's this right is there. Most likely thing. And Here people it is. lie. So yeah. why wouldn't we just think, you know, oh, he did half and half or used a little of this and then, yeah. Yeah. Or even there was some left in the canister. It doesn't take a lot, right? Yeah. So if there was some left in that canister and then he refilled it with his orange because, peel yeah, oil. Yeah, Chase suggests that too. He's right. like, well, there might have been some left in it. Yeah. And who knows how much it was. Yeah. Because. Yeah. I think they also say, like, we are basing this decision on if a teen boy washed something out thoroughly. Yeah. You know, did he really take the time take the time to wash out this canister all the way, make sure it was really, really clean, and then put the new stuff in it? Or did he just look at it and say, oh, that looks empty? Yeah, and good enough. Yeah. So because of her refusal, House asked Cuddy to get a court order for the treatment um, based on the mom, mother's supposed irrationality. Um, Cuddy doesn't buy it. She says that, um, just because this, uh, lady is worried about her son doesn't mean she's mentally incompetent. Um, although again, House still thinks kid probably lied about it. Uh, Cuddy instead says in order to protect the hospital in case of the worst, House needs to get mother to sign off that she's refusing treatment. Right. Which is a thing. Yes. You know, if, if you're saying you have to, we have to give him this treatment or he's going to get worse or die and they say no then you need something saying they said no yeah because then if they die they can't just come back and be like you never asked me if we could have the- i didn't understand i you didn't tell you let me my what son it was died and like right. no we tried and you yeah. wouldn't let us um so house goes to speak with mother to sign off that she's refusing treatment and he's like really blunt and rude about it like saying instead of saying in case yeah in case he uh passes away or something he says in case he kicks off like he's he's really blunt about it he's bullying her into signing um or rather not signing it uh, by saying that her son's gonna die without it so he points out how controlling um mom is mother is of matt's life uh to a point where she would rather control his death as well which kind of I, I get where he's going. Yeah. That line hit, hit me kind of hard. Like, you know, thinking of it that way, I guess you want to be so in control, but like you have to trust the people who went to school for so many years 
to do the right thing and also to have your son's best interest at heart. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not like they want him to die any more than she does. Yes, she feels differently about it, of course, but yeah, and this you've got to let it go. This is where House says that line, the whole, I decided not to trust my doctors because I took a semester of biology in college. Yeah. Um, so uh, she doesn't sign the refusal, and they're about to start his treatment when uh, a second high schooler is brought in with the exact same symptoms. Um it's really fucking weird that it's Foreman and Chase working on this kid because he is in the middle of like seizing and problems. They have to intubate him. Why wouldn't the ER doctors be the ones treating him? I don't know. It's very strange because, I mean, yeah, he is presenting with the same symptoms, but this is also a really big hospital. And so the idea that either the EMS team that picked him up or the ER um, you know, nurses or doctors that were down there the idea that they would immediately be like, oh, call House's team because he has a, a patient with the same symptom. Like, At it the, doesn't seem realistic That to may me. happen later, but they would right. stabilize him first. They're, they're making this seem like he just got there and Chase and Foreman are the ones. Maybe they're... They yeah. said he maybe showed up only 12 a, minutes ago. Maybe they were doing a rotation or something and happened to be down there. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it, just really odd. Yeah. Um. So Chase, yeah, and ends up intubating Chi and uh, stabilizes him. His name is Chi. Chi has no apparent connection to Matt besides the fact that they go to the same school. Um, Chi's parents live in an apartment, so have no need for pesticides. So the idea that this was from, you know, like a home-based pesticide kind of uh, goes out the window. Chase worries that Chi will need his heart wired as well, and that Matt's brain will die soon since his oxygen levels are coming in so low he says they're coming in at 80 so uh, house says he wants to get the oxygen levels up to 90 but chase points out that risks retinal damage yes oxygen toxicity we talked about it in episode five when they're giving the nun um oxygen chamber therapy chamber Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it can cause that's like one of the first things that can happen with oxygen toxicity is you're pushing too much in and it's actually going to damage your eyes Okay. First, most of the time. Interesting. There's other side effects, but that's a big one and a a long-lasting one. It doesn't reverse. That's not good. If you want more, go to episode five. Go. Do it. Right now. (laughs) Sponsored by us on episode five. Uh, House says he'll just have uh, Foreman do it, since Chase doesn't want to do it. And Chase says that he's the primary on the case, but uh, Mother doesn't want him anymore due to his history of drug abuse in... Or not drug abuse, but drug use in high school. Um, this bitch. Yeah, this fucking bitch went to Cuddy and told Cuddy she doesn't want a drug that user. He uses that he used drugs in high school, and she doesn't want a drug user. Yeah, Which are you is, kidding me? It, and the house doesn't seem to be upset about. It. He doesn't. Well, care. and I'm sure Cuddy was like, "Fuck off." Yeah, I, diplomatically, but in her brain. Chase is super upset about it and seems to think that too. House is upset too. House is not upset at all no. about it. He's like, yeah, no, I don't care. I'd be you upset. Used, yeah, you use drugs in high school. Fuck I don't you. give a shit. Um, but he never even said that he did, to be fair. He, he said he caused trouble for yeah. his mom. Yeah. And she said, in relation just to because the whole you drug did thing. drugs. Yeah. And, uh, but for her to take that and twist that and then go... Yeah, ugh. and Chase, Chase brings up the point that he only told her these things to try to build a rapport and you know yeah. try to convince her of something which we'll get to in a second with yeah. cameron she the mother just 
thing. Ugh. Oh, God. Ugh. We'll get there. Uh, so Cameron reiterates that both Chi and Matt run in completely different uh, circles, like different cliques. They have different classes. They don't even go to classes in the same building. Um, they're in different grades. They even have different lunch times. Um, mm, so different lunch rooms. Yeah, different lunch rooms. Like, like they completely. don't interact. Um, House wonders then, okay, well, how did they get to school? And it turns out they ride the same bus. Holy Santa Claus shit. There it is. <laughs> Uh, so, um, they end up going to the bus driver to, uh, take a look at the bus. He doesn't want Chase and Cameron to look at the bus, but Chase tells him straight up that two students were poisoned on the bus and that they're dying. So this is kind of the first fib, I guess, because he suggests that because, I mean, technically he thinks it's true. Yeah, I think he believes it. But it ends up being not true. Well, no, but... Um... They're trying to get the severity across to him. Yeah. Uh, turns out Matt and she sit in different spots on the bus. I don't know if this is assigned seating or that's just like force of habit. You I end up think... sitting in the same spot. Uh, yeah. Because um, he says that Matt sits more in the back, which is like the bad kids. And then. I sat in the back so she... people leave me the fuck alone. Didn't uh, want people I sat in the by front me. because I was a goody fucking two shoes. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't think it's a sign seating. Yeah. I think that's just where they sit. Um, they don't find anything to suggest poisoning from the bus itself. However, uh, the bus driver points out that he saw a truck doing something next to a pond on his route and that it smelled funny. He also asks Cameron to look at a rash he has, but they say that's not a symptom. And this is also where he says being obnoxious is not a symptom either. You're so in the clear. You're good to go. Uh, so... Now, Foreman jumps in to help Matt, um, and Margot talks to him about how rude House was, and Foreman defends House, um, saying, you know, he he thought he was doing the right thing. He was just trying to help your kid out. Margot points out um, that the treatment House wanted to do was still the wrong the wrong treatment. I said, this, this is really annoying, kind of on both sides. Like, House is super confident to the point of arrogance about being right about the treatment but at the same time Margot is also super arrogant that because it wasn't the right treatment she thinks she knows best now um they had every reason to believe that was correct yeah it's it wasn't for once one of his just oh fuck it just treat him with it yeah that they had reason yeah they they had a, a good good thing to go off of good evidence that they were doing the right thing but now because they messed up once she's just super confident that she's always going to be right um, she says if House would have listened to her, um, he wouldn't have tried to give Matt the medicine. But Foreman says, well, he did listen. He just assumed you were wrong. Um, <laughs> yep. Since many parents tend to be wrong about their kids. Um, and she accuses Foreman of being pompous and superior, just like House. Oh, my God. I hate her so much. <laughs> um, Georgia, the clinic patient, comes back in to talk to House. Uh, who Her son has come with him, and he's still a massive dick. Um, House tells him outright that he is a dick and asks him to step out, but he refuses. So House asks Georgia if she's had any recent sexual activity, and she says it's been about 15 years. Okay, so I need to talk about something here that I'm really, really confused what they were trying to say. It's going to be the same thing I'm confused about. She says, I haven't had sex in 15 years. Her son says, oh no, she's confused. My father died eight years ago. And she says... 
not in bed. But that would imply they weren't having sex for years before for the, that. At least seven years before he died. I feel like they got it backwards. Like, I think she meant to say eight years. And he was supposed he to was say supposed he died 15 years yeah. ago. Like, because, she had sex with someone after he died? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Because I was going to bring that up, Because her son gets that look on his face like, oh, my God, my mother's still sexually active or was still yeah. sexually active. But based on that timeline... That doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. So, I, I was going to bring up the same thing, so I'm glad you thought that too because i was like maybe i'm just not thinking correct no okay but regardless of what the the um weird mix-up of years is they seem to be implying that she was sexually active after her her husband passed um house tells her that she has tested positive for syphilis which the son takes a such great offense to because he's a, a stupid ass um but georgia knows about it yeah. She's not surprised to hear this, and she says she got it on prom night in 1939. <laughs> oh boy, she got it a while. Boy, howdy! Back. She's got that vintage syphilis, <laughs> like high grade Cupid's disease, as yes. they called it. Um, she says she was treated for it back then, but House says that didn't cure her; it only suppressed it for about 60 years. Um, now it's back, and the spirochetes that cause it are eating away at her brain, so he prescribes high-dose penicillin for two weeks. Yes. So syphilis, um, very briefly, there's different stages to it. So the first one is going to be a sore. It can be in a variety of places. I'll let you use your imagination. It's probably not going to hurt. Um, after that sore ends up healing, you're going to have a, a second stage, which is normally a rash, um, and then... You're not going to have any symptoms until the last stage, which could be any damn time. In this case, 60 years later. Um, And this is where those spirochetes are like, yo, we're hungry. Let's do some brain damage. It can also mess with your nerves and your eyes and your heart, all sorts of stuff. Um, It is treated with penicillin, which is what he gives her a prescription for, which is an antibiotic that treats a nice big range of bacterial infections derived from fungi we talked about mold juice a couple episodes ago um spirochetes are there's different types of spirochetes um but they are spiral shaped bacteria that's where they get the name from so kind of like a, more of a still another catch-all term think about kind of pasta thing. those little pasta? spiral pastas Ooh, yeah that's what tasty. they look like um Ugh. yeah so she's obviously in the last stage of it where we're getting brain damage dane bramage dane bramage Right. And in this case, it's uh, making her feel real good. Yep. Um, so Cameron tells House that the county is worried about West Nile, so they sprayed the pond with ethyl parathion. Um, go ahead. And, what's that? Do you okay. have that? Yeah. So ethyl parathion is an organophosphate insecticide, obviously, and it was originally developed in the 1940s. However, it is very, very toxic to not the target organisms like um you know humans and it's been banned or at least highly highly restricted pretty much everywhere so what they were probably actually spraying uh is called malathion malathion and it's kind of like the redone version remix yeah basically um so this is like I said, probably what it was. Um, it's used in agriculture. It's used in like parks, like recreation areas. Um, we actually here have 
trucks in the summer that go through yeah. and spray just like down the streets and the alleys and stuff this is what they are more most likely spraying i didn't like call to ask but i would assume so it's really highly used for mosquito killing um it does also kill other stuff though but this is in the u.s at least the most commonly used organophosphate insecticide um it's pretty much mixed with um in not in the u.s hold on sorry let me let me look okay in the 80s they started using this in australia and california um which is the u.s but they use it mixed with corn syrup to Make it delicious. To get rid of fruit flies. Oh, to get them to yeah. eat it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and then in the early 2000s, which is where we are in this episode, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, it started getting used in the U.S. and Canada for West Nile specifically. So okay. that's why I say this is probably what it was. Um, and then, yeah, it's used in summer months to kill mosquitoes. Um, but today in Canada... Winnipeg is the only place that uses Melathion for mosquito control. They're the only one still cool Like, the enough. city is the... That's the only city in Canada that mm. is like, yo, we're we're doing this. Okay. So, yeah. But that that's probably what it was, not the other one. Okay. Um, they do have the hydrolase for it, but Margot is refusing treatment until she... What a shock. ...hears back from the CDC to whom she faxed Matt's medical records. I'm going to go ahead and say it really bothers me when people say center for disease. It's centers. Centers. And it's really annoying because I think because she... I talked to the center for disease. Shut the fuck up. At least say it right if you're going to be a pompous bitch about it. I'm going to call it the centaurs of disease control. Great. And prevention. And prevention. Right. CDC and P. Wonderful. Um, House (laughs) asks uh, Foreman to convince her to um, let them do the treatment. Foreman, Chase, and House are all off the docket since she doesn't like any of them. So we're going to send Cameron. Ooh, let's see if this works because... uh, Cameron hasn't been very good about convincing people of stuff. However, working on getting some balls. We're getting it. Cameron speaks to Margot, who says she's getting a second opinion and thinking of transferring Matt, but Cameron says he wouldn't survive that transfer. So um, Cameron starts telling Mother a story about her grandma getting very sick, but Margot stops her. He's like, oh, are you going to tell me some sad sob story and you're going to you're going to be so vulnerably vulnerably honest with me and that's how you get people to do stuff and i'm not looks, buying it you you do it through your looks yeah i'm not buying bullshit. it um why would they send you know someone like you to do it they they're sending a single woman to con a single woman and cameron she get it get it cameron's like no they didn't send, send a single woman they sent a doctor um Margo tries to shut her down by saying, oh, well, House is wrong about the other treatment and, you know, all you doctors. But Cameron says, nope, it is on you at this point. If you refuse this treatment and Matt dies, that's not on us. That's on you. So you need to tell me right now, yes or no. Get it, Cameron. Yes. Thank you. Finally. Um, she relents and they uh, give both Matt and she the hydrolase. And we get more of that drip, drip scenes they but do a lot of that, that hard drip but yes they are wrong again because they both start seizing violently uh, margo uh 
gets in the way and starts screaming at the doctors. So they remove her. You're killing him. She's just screaming that at him. And they're like, no, we're trying to treat him. I'm pretty sure the poison is killing him. Also, she's like trying to get closer to him and like pushing through the doctors. And I'm like, they're literally trying to save his life at the moment, actually. Yeah, you, so you if go you ahead. could get out of the way, that'd be I, great. You know what? You're right. I'm just going to back off and let you take care of this. Uh, You've got everything under control. I hate it. Um, they do eventually stabilize them both. Uh, so both of them have weak hearts and lungs. And Matt has developed, developed, what? Developed liver toxicity as well. Um, so this is going to be like inflammation in your liver because of whatever substance it is that you're exposed to. It could be caused by alcohol or drugs or even like some nutritional supplements can cause this if you have too much of it, but also chemicals. Um, in this case, it's going to be the, uh, pesticides. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) cause they're still in there and this is, uh, cause I was kind of thinking like, it's a little late for toxic liver issues, right? But it can actually take time to develop. It's not a, oh, this is going to happen as soon as the poison hits. Mm-hmm. It can take a few days to hit. So that makes sense. Interestingly, though, based on the timeline of this one, this all happens in a span of a day. It could do that, too. I mean, it could, Which is it's weird. It could like, be hours to days. Yeah. Every, yeah. every other episode has been like several days, weeks even. This one, think, span of a day. Do they bring she in the same day or is that the yeah they day? bring him in only like i think they oh, say no. um matt came in at eight forty-five. she came in at 11 sorry so only about a two hour difference okay and when they were admitted um okay. so yeah i mean that makes sense too because it, it can be fast real bad um but this development with uh, liver toxicity and all that means they're wrong again about yeah, the things because poisoning obviously them. the poison is still in there yeah still causing damage uh house points out that despite them having nothing in common their symptoms are the same, and since the cardiac symptoms are more severe than the rest, it suggests that the poison was absorbed through the skin? Yeah. Okay. That's so, just the thing. Well, in, as opposed to, like, inhalation, we'd be seeing issues in the lungs right. first, yeah. which we just started seeing or lung ingestion, issues. we'd be seeing But we much... already saw heart issues. Yeah. And they're still developing. Yeah. We would have seen more, much more severe stomach issues if it was ingested. Yes. Okay. Um... So, based on how fast the illness is progressing and assuming skin absorption, uh, House deduces Matt would have been poisoned before getting on the bus, probably around 7.15. So, they decide to check uh, both both Matt and She's houses for similar self-cleaning products, soaps, creams, uh, etc., to possibly find out maybe there's a bad batch of something, maybe something got contaminated. Yeah. Um, acne cream contains lanolin, which mm-hmm. may have been exposed to pesticide and deodorant can have lanolin in it too. Yes. So lanolin is wax that's secreted by glands in wool bearing animals. Lanolin? Um, like, like sheep's wool? Yes. Another quote. Tell me what it's from. Um, so the lanolin specifically that's used in stuff like this for humans, um, comes from domestic sheep breeds, uh, that are raised specifically for its wool and Mm -hmm. lanolin is actually what makes you allergic to wool like people like my dad's really allergic to wool because there's lanolin and you're actually allergic to the lanolin okay yes there's also um for any moms listening that breastfed their kids lanolin uh nipple cream (laughs) 
<laughs> I knew that was going to get a weird look from you. It's a thing. So like, cause you know, chafing and stuff, like you get, you got stuff going on there. Um, so there's like lanolin's really good for until that. They're six years old. Yes. <laughs> um, so lanolin's really good for that. But a lot of women, they won't realize they're allergic to wool or lanolin. Mm-hmm. And then they use that and it makes it way, way worse instead of making it better, which would really suck. Especially if you kept on putting more of it on there thinking, mm-hmm. why isn't this working? Yeah. Um, anyway, so the, I assume what they're thinking here is those sheep ended up getting pesticide, pesticides on them. Pesticides. And then, you know, it got the lanolin ended up with it in there. Or like something. the Yeah, the wax and then blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, so Jaja approaches House and asks him if the sexual feelings she's been having and just in general feeling really good are entirely because of the syphilis, which House confirms. And when he does so, she tries to give him that, back the prescription because she likes how she feels. She likes feeling this good because she hasn't in a long time. And she says she doesn't want to go back to playing old lady games for years and years until she eventually dies. Um, which House points out if she doesn't take it, she will die. Uh, but he also tells her that the damage she's already had done to her is permanent. It's not going to reverse. And all the prescription is going to do is prevent further damage. Um so she is, quote unquote, doomed to feeling good for the rest of your life, um, which she's really happy about. Uh, and she takes back this prescription, goes on her way. He seems super intrigued and respects that she'd rather die sooner and live well yeah. than live longer. But yeah, she's ready. She's like, life. well, screw it. Got to go sometime. Yep. I'd rather do it feeling good than do it, you know, bored in a nursing home or wherever she is or with her miserable freaking son. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I respect. Which, um, you know, Dick Watt isn't here for this moment. No, she we snuck away. Yeah. She, she took she a taxi. She put him taxi. in a cab. Oh, or, I thought she... She either took a cab or she put him in a yeah, cab I don't so remember she could which be alone with House. Yeah. Which is... She's so cute. I love her. Randy old lady. Um, no, her name is Georgia. Oh. No, not Randy. Shit. Uh, so Cameron and Foreman check Matt and she's houses at the same time. None of the soaps or creams or air fresheners or detergents like hair detergent or anything hair, hair detergent, detergent. <laughs> i've been watching too many of those like dr squatch Onion. videos that are like do you know your your soaps and shampoos are uh listed are by the fda as detergents they're ads before youtube videos you usually watch more tiktok so you don't see a lot of those hair types detergent. of ads. it's called shampoo yeah but they're listed as the de- chemical detergents well oh my god Hair detergent. So their hair detergents their weren't hair the detergent, same. detergent, yes. Shampoo, fine. Are you happy? No. Okay. Um. While they're doing this, Chase tells uh, House that Matt's ALTs are up to 800, and if they get any higher, his liver will be completely shot. Yeah. So ALTs are... <sighs> alanine aminotransferase. Trans- transferase. Yeah. ALTs. Um, so yeah, these are liver enzymes, and obviously, if they are too elevated, that's going to show that you're having liver da- li- mm, Glad we're almost done. Liver damage. <laughs> Demon on Demon. Uh, liver damage, which we already know we're having <laughs> liver damage. Okay. That's happening. So yeah, I think he's just saying like, "Yo, it's getting worse fast." <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting close to this here. Um, so Cameron and Foreman check 
the laundry detergent, the laundry soap, <laughs> the laundry shampoo. Yeah, um, the laundry conditioner. Oh, and, that'd be fabric softener. Anyway, yeah, it's true. Uh, and they find out it is the same brand and size. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, this could be the same batch. This could be it. Um, House thinks it might be that. But when he speaks to Chi's parents, he discovers that she didn't wash his clothes um, that morning or the night before and that they are brand new and hadn't been washed yet. I'd point out House is pretty racist in this scene towards both Foreman and uh, the Ling couple. Yeah. Um, I don't actually think he buys into any of the stereotypes that he uses, but he sure doesn't mind whipping them out either. Yeah, I so. hate that about him. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, it's not necessary, you know, for as far as the writing is concerned. Literally, that it's, line could have been in there. Nothing nothing would have changed. Yeah, about that it scene. doesn't um, it doesn't add to his character in any way. It doesn't like House is an ass. And he's we already know that there's other ways to do that without constant racist remarks. Yeah. And, stereotypes and stereotyping. And, and yeah. yeah, it's annoying. Do better, House. Um, do better writers. Yeah. Stop making that a a thing and For stop him. pretending you that can make funny. him an ass without him being yeah there's no a... comedic value there yeah uh so chase and house go look for matt and she's clothes instead which are both brand new i have something that annoys me about this um so the parents say that all his clothes were new and then House specifically asks chase about matt's clothes and they are like jeans his jeans are old well, what if it was the shirt or the underwear or like they don't know it's the jeans? Yet. Yeah, that really just bugged me. Yeah, because they're just like, oh, gotta look at jeans. Oh, hey, let me scooch past Sorry. you here. <laughs> let me grab. I had some ranch earlier. Some oh, Fiesta Ranch. So, oh, I see what you did. Yeah. So sorry about that. Well, you know, that's hey, that's okay. My Michigander's coming out. Um, Chase wonders how they could both be contaminated, um, because. They are different brands. They're both brand new, but they're completely different, like, make and model <laughs> of jeans. <Yes. laughs> um, but House doesn't care to ponder that yet. They just test them. He just says, let's go ahead and test them, which is a uh, little growth for House. He's not going to bother with the, well, let's figure that out right now. He's like, fuck it. They're I don't dying. care. <laughs> we just need to look. Yeah. Um, the team tests the clothing and they find Fosdrin. Which is, which is not a medicine like Motrin. <laughs> no, it's it, not. It's different. Yeah. Trust me. I thought the same as all of you did. <laughs> right. I swallow that coffee real quick it's... before I spit it on accident. Spit take. You got anything about that phosdrin? It's an organophosphate. It's used on crops primarily, and it is banned in the European Union. Cool. That's about it. It's okay. pretty boring. I mean, it's we already talked about organophosphates. You already know how they work. Yeah. It's just another one of them. There we go. So We've... means it needs a different hydrolase. Yep. Um, House and Wilson are talking. House or Wilson says he never washes his new clothes when he gets them. House suggests that maybe Julie does it for him, but Wilson says no, we don't do that either. Um, do people not do this? I'll admit I don't always wash like brand new clothes when You'll I buy them admit from you Walmart. Don't do laundry. Right. Because um, <laughs> you have a loving wife? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I don't always wash clothes right when I get them off the rack at, like, Kohl's or Walmart or something. But we also buy a lot of our clothes 
um, yeah, like I a thrift, thrift stores thrift and stuff, which we always wash. Yes. So, um, um, right. So when we when we're talking about the jeans that the the kids bought, because it is the jeans. I understand. Like one, they're teens. Two, they're jeans. They're stolen. Um, three, they came out of the back of a fucking truck that was apparently just parked at the school at six a.m. What What's going on here? I have a lot of questions. I, I'm curious um, too. So that makes sense. But with Wilson, um, yeah, I could I could see him not washing him because he's not shopping at uh, American Council for the Blind. Yeah, he's he's not shopping at Plato's Closet. He's getting stuff brand new. Um. But, like House does mention, you can absorb some dyes and such through your skin. Probably not enough to do any harm, and most of those are going to be non-toxic at this point anyways, nowadays. Um, But there's other reasons to wash stuff first to get that extra dye out. It could stain your skin. It could stain, um, you know, if you have a bag of any sort, whether it's a a briefcase type of thing or a purse or whatever. Brand new blue jeans and a white shirt, you could stain the shirt. Yeah, Very easily. So, I... Do I always wash actual brand new clothes before I wear them? No, but most of the time. But if I'm thrifting or secondhand for garage selling, yes. Yeah. 100%. Probably a double wash. Do I hear triple? Uh, No. Triple, quadruple. I don't like to waste that much water. Yeah, that is a lot of water. Um, So, Foreman and Chase tell House that she's parents agreed to the treatment, but Matt's mother... Did not. What a shock. What a shock. And even Cameron can't convince her this time because she is going to want to wait for the CDC to get back to her. House looks to Wilson to possibly do it for them, but Wilson says Godot would be faster. Godot. Godot? Is it Godot or Godot? I think it's Godot. Um, This is a reference to a play called Waiting for Godot in which two people sit and talk while they wait for a character that never arrives there's that so very it's not going to be reference. very vague it's not going to be fast um house goes to sit in the room with matt and margo while she waits to hear from the cdc he says he's just going to hang out he's got time and hopefully she changes her mind so he can give matt the meds immediately which he pulls out and puts on a table uh he tells her that it might take a while it takes time to review fax records so they might not get a call until tomorrow or the next day and they may not even be able to give an opinion based on those records because um, they haven't been able to examine Matt themselves. Yeah. Um, and he tells her, well, Matt would probably die before they can actually tell her anything. So um, we can just wait and see how Chi does if yep. that's what you want to do. Let but, the other kid live. Yeah, if he lives, uh, by the time we find out that it's working on him, Matt might be dead. And we have to remember that Matt came in before Chi, so Matt's a lot further along than she is. Um, she seems kind of iffy on what she's going to do, but then she gets a call from the quote unquote CDC who tell her that they can't help her, um, that they wouldn't have someone in town until the following week to take a Be look, able at, her to son. look at him. And, yeah. Um, so she immediately decides that house should treat Matt. Um, we find out right after this, that Chase was the one who made the call. He pretended to be from the CDC with a Georgia accent yeah, just um, a, a weird southern drawl thing. Yeah, and to convince her that he was part of conning her to get her uh, to give the treatment to her son. I found out that the Georgia accent would make sense because the main hub for the CDC yeah. is in Georgia. Yeah. So, um, Which actually, that makes sense because that happens on 
The Walking Dead in the first season. They go to Atlanta to uh, try to figure out what's going on with the um, the walkers or whatever, and they go to the CDC headquarters there, and they don't find jack shit. Uh, so moving on, um, Matt and she both get the treatment and wake up as their stats improve. We back to that drip drip again, motherfucker. We back, bitch. Drip drip. Respect it, and it works this time. Um, so we jump to Matt being discharged, though he still looks like absolute shit and he still appears to be in a lot of pain. I, he's sweating. He's like hunched over and holding his stomach. Like he looks terrible. I know. And so I was talking to Joe about that because I was like, this really bothers me. Did you notice it from like an outsider's point of view? Cause I was watching back through the episode and he was there. Um, because I said like they're discharging him. But he's still in fluids and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, is it possible that he's not actually getting discharged? So he's just getting transferred somewhere for, like, further stuff or, like, just going outside for something? Which, Yeah, he is still in a gown and whatnot. Um, It's just, so the mom has, like, her bag and stuff with her. And then the way she kind of tells him about, like, house and foreman, it makes it seem... Like, oh, he's being discharged, but a lot of things don't make sense. So maybe he is just going somewhere for a test. Maybe or... they're moving him, yeah, just to a different wing out of, like, yeah, intensive exactly. care kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that can make sense. there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense if he is being discharged. Um, so he apologizes to his mom, saying he knew that the, the jeans were stolen, but they were only $5, so he wanted to buy them. Who, where, I have, nothing makes sense. So there's some dude out there stealing jeans from somewhere and then putting them in his work pickup where he goes and crop dusts. <laughs> um, and then he goes and parks at a school and, like, sells them out of the back of his truck, but nobody says anything? I'll get to that. Also, that's $5. Something... Yeah, that's a steal. <laughs> I don't... Because uh... uh, they're stolen. Yeah, I got it. Okay, we're good. Also, we never get any follow-up on Chi and that bothers me. Bye. Yeah, hopefully. He seems okay. No, I assume he's fine, but... Yeah. Um, so Matt's worried that she'll... Uh, mother will be mad at him, but she says she's just glad he's alive. Um, she says... Which I, I was wonder... like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for somebody finally being like, oh, it's okay. And then... But then uh, she says, I wonder if I'm too hard on you. But then tells him he doesn't need to make up the AP calculus test till next week and he can stay in bed and work on his applications in the meantime. This fucking lady, holy shit, fuck off. You can't even wait for him to be out of a wheelchair before you start controlling his life again. She didn't learn a damn thing. This conversation also makes it seem like he's being discharged. Yeah. It's weird. It's just odd. Whatever. But But she didn't learn a fucking thing. Um... Foreman tells House that some yeah some guy was selling stolen pants off the back of his truck to the high schoolers, and that when he wasn't selling stolen goods, he worked as a day laborer at a cornfield, uh, which makes sense. House wonders why Foreman isn't making up with Mom, um, and Foreman wonders why he'd bother, to which House says you wouldn't if you didn't care about her or him. Again, pointing out their similarities. Yeah. Uh, Matt's mother sees House and Foreman and lets them know that the real CDC did call. Um, but she lets it go. Surprisingly. Weirdly. I. Th- she yeah. doesn't seem like the type that would. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Like, as controlling as she is, if she found out they had outright lied to her, even though the outcome was good, I feel like she wouldn't have let that go. Yeah. Um, 
When Matt asks who they are, Margaret says they're the arrogant jerks who saved his life. And at this point, uh, when they get on the elevator, House and Foreman notice they're wearing the exact same shoes. And jeans, I think. Maybe. At least the shoes. Yeah. Uh, So that's the end of that episode. Let's go through character stuff. All right. There's not a lot of new stuff for House here. No, not really. Not really. Um, The only, I guess, flip-flop here is that the lie of the episode is him lying to the patients rather than the patients lying to him. Right. Um, Foreman is, uh, we're just seeing more and more how he and House are very much alike, Mm -hmm. even though he does not like that comparison. Um, but it, uh, amuses Chase and Cameron a whole lot. Uh, through Chase, we learn that every one of these patients, uh, has someone on the team designated as their primary. I don't know why I didn't think about this before, because it's the first time, I guess I always just assumed House House was the primary, primary. And then he had a team that helped him. Um, but House also wouldn't yeah. want to be the primary because you wouldn't want to be told how Dr. House is your primary and then him never come and see you. Mm. He so, also probably doesn't want the paperwork. Yeah, so I assume he would probably yeah. pass it off to Cameron or Foreman or Chase, but um, yeah, it just sure. makes me wonder who are the primaries on the past cases. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter because they do work as a team. Yeah. So. Um. Cameron, we actually get some growth for her. Yes. We finally see her grow a spine and push back on the patient. She stops the whole being sensitive bullshit or sugarcoating or whatever and just straight up tells the mom, if Matt dies, it's on you. Yep. Uh, so that's major character stuff. We rarely see Cuddy in this, like, at all. Um, yeah, we see her for and then, a couple seconds. Yeah, Wilson. Wilson making fun of House. Which is normal for him. Yeah. Um, things to discuss. So there's some major no-nos in this episode, in particular, lying to a patient and impersonating a CDC doctor. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be like a felony or something. Yeah. Um, and again, the fact that mother sort of just shrugs it off at the end is not realistic. Not likely, no. Um, this episode touches a lot on the confidence doctors have in their diagnosis and their orders for treatment. Um, Which in this case, like in this episode... They're actually justified because yeah. in, in previous episodes, it's always been House being like, yeah, that's a good idea. Just do it. But with this one, they actually have test results behind it. Yeah. Whether they're wrong or not, like they do have the evidence to back it up. I, It's weird in this one because, um, like you said, they've done this before and they've been wrong. But in this one, they're just so blatantly confident, not necessarily in what is wrong, but rather the treatment that needs to be done. Yeah, um, they're also... These patients are not doing well, though. Yeah. And they're they're basically on life support. So we need to go ahead. They're going to die whether or not we give them this treatment. Yeah, we but need, maybe to, this will need help. to figure it out. Um, but because of that, I had a hard time sort of figuring out what the message this episode is trying to send. Like, on the one hand, it could be saying something about, like, the power patients have to refuse treatments and ask doctors to look for a more definitive answer. Um, on the other, it might be saying something about how doctors kind of have to work, especially when there's a a time limit on yeah. how long they have before it's too late. I, I feel like they're just showing both sides of it, yeah. honestly. If doctors second-guess themselves too much and delay treatment for too long, then that could that's a decision right. in itself. And that we've could... seen that before with Cameron, you know, bringing something up, being correct, but then backing off of it Yeah, when... You know, she could have just really pushed for that in the first place. So I yeah. think it's a little bit of a little of both. 
Um, we got to talk about mother. <laughs> yeah. I, on, on the one hand, I want to be, I want to be forgiving towards her because it's got to be tough being a single mom raising a kid. It's, and she's trying to raise him the right way and the other. On the other hand, it's clear. She is super hard on him. She's super controlling of his life. And she expects so much from him that in my mind, and probably the doctors that are working on his case too, it's not far out there to assume maybe he's doing drugs to deal with the stress. Maybe he's lying about uh, his projects or he's cheating on his projects so he can fulfill her vision of his life. And so like in the beginning, Chase is trying to ask him, you know, did someone give you something to help with the math test? Did you take something? Um, Yeah, Adderall or or something. They don't get into specifics, but if he did, he would go to extreme lengths to hide it from his mom because he knows that she would never, ever be able to accept that or like not judge him for it. Um, And the fact that she's drug testing him and she's like going off about how he won't cut his hair and wants to wear these clothes and he he's not going to get into college like okay lady <laughs> i really you have a really good kid here yeah i related a lot to matt in this episode which is why i think i hated the mom so much because you know my stepdad was super controlling as well and demanded perfection and like it it hit me deep when the first thing that we see him talking to his mom about after he nearly fucking died is to apologize to her so she doesn't get mad at him yeah like for buying some pants for buying some pants and she's not necessarily mad at him in this point but she goes right back to being controlling right like I'm, she's not gonna let up yeah i'm remembering um when i moved with my family when i was in high school from colorado springs to dallas um that trip i was supposed to just be riding in one of our u-haul trucks but we found out our family minivan couldn't fit on a trailer it was it was too low so i ended up having to drive it and this is like a week after i'd gotten my license and we drove through a snowstorm in kansas city and i ended up rolling our van and i was fine you know i wasn't hurt or anything like that um van was obviously totaled but when i got out of the van my first reaction was to apologize again and again my mom didn't give a shit as far as she was concerned. You were safe. She was fine. Yeah, that, that van could have just completely blown up and everything inside it. But if I was okay, then the loss didn't matter. Right. Stepdad, on the other hand, was like, are you okay? Okay, great. How are we going to deal with this? Yeah. Great. Also, like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, So I really relate to, to Matt. And I think that's why I really hate the mom in this episode. Because... Yeah. Well... Really, what I was thinking was, she's just pushing him to rebel. He's going to yeah. go off to college and go off the deep end. Yeah. Maybe I, he won't, but there's a I big chance of it. I haven't been able to make my own decisions this entire time. Now yeah. I finally can. Yeah. So, yeah. And I also, get that like, too. is she actually going to let him go away for college, or is she going to try to keep him close? Yeah. She doesn't seem like the type that'd be like, yeah, go across the country to the college of your dreams. Great. Yeah, go go chase your... Chase everything you've ever wanted. She's be like, no, you need to stay home. Um, last thing I want to talk about, why didn't House's team talk to any of Matt's or Chi's classmates? Because as we pointed out early on, there's likely other students that bought shit and are getting poisoned too. Yeah, so, and not even necessarily just that school. This yeah. guy's probably going to multiple schools. Yeah, so it's just, it baffles me that 
it seems like they probably talked to the parents and maybe the school administrators to get their schedules, mm-hmm. but they don't ever talk to any of their friends who maybe Matt and she don't run in the same circles, but maybe some of their friends run yeah. in the same circles. There's bound to be students that know about this shady, weird guy who sells stuff out of his smelly truck. And follow up, which maybe they do and we just don't see, of, okay, so who was this guy? What kind of truck is it? Where does he work? Because, like, how do they know he works out in a cornfield so like they talked to somebody because like matt wouldn't just randomly know that or chi probably i don't think they're sitting here chit-chatting with this guy where's the police (laughs) yeah are they gonna press charges on this guy for selling stolen merchandise not even that but like not not even that from matt or chi's perspective but just like tracking this guy down and like you know making this stop but also Yeah. yeah like let's talk to some other schools put out an alert hey if you have students with this going on like see you know see if any of your students have bought stuff from this guy because maybe it was just pants that happened to be on the top of the pile they got some on there and you know had more on there than the ones in the bottom or whatever like but yeah they just don't talk about it they're like oh here's what happened also tangentially to that (laughs) 20 just gonna whip out that five dollar word right in front of me that giant word. word um Pesticide smells terrible, and it's odd to me that they would have enough on them that they would get poisoned, but they wouldn't just smell it and be like, wow, these smell like shit, and especially Matt. My mom's a controlling bitch. Uh, She's going to smell this and be like, where the fuck did you get these? Well, that's like, so did they buy them that morning and then change before going to class? I... Or did they, like, take them home, and now that poison's on other stuff at their house? Like, there's... A, I have I questions. I don't think... At least she didn't, because the parents recognized that the pants were new. That's true, so, so they he saw wouldn't them. Have, yeah, they saw that before he left. So they need to go home and wash everything. Yeah, I'm guessing they bought them maybe at the end of school the day before, and then wore them the next morning. Yeah. But again, they smell terrible. Yeah. And even a high school boy who doesn't like washing their stuff would probably smell that and be like, God, that is... I holy shit i cannot get that smell out of my nose yeah need to wash this one would think but high school boys boys will be boys. probably just Ugh. sprayed axe body oh lord detergent all over them <laughs> Air detergent. uh well that's all i had for this yeah that's so, all i had for this this was fun this was fun i'm glad we should do this uh next week sometime. do you want to yeah we can are you asking me to meet up next week well I mean, I'll see you around. You, oh. I mean, yes. No, no, it's if you're busy. It's fine. Well, my right. parents aren't home, so. Ooh, like that. <laughs> um, check us out on Instagram. It's housekeeping.podcast. And uh, see you next week. Well, you'll hear us. We won't see you, unfortunately. Send us pictures oh, we'll see of you. you, but not those pictures. No, never mind. Don't do any of that. Okay, talk to you okay, later. later. Bye. Bye.